and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 145. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have another guest, Jabri McLean. Hi, guys. I currently attend Kenyon College. I'm an African-American student here from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm a political science major. And as the title of this episode suggests, you and I are going to be talking about the idea of cross-artistic inspiration, which, to give a bit of context, about a year ago as I was graduating and you were finishing your junior year, after my last improv show of the year, you and I crossed paths at a party and you were very complimentary and had a lot of energy for my performance, for the performance in general. And I returned to you compliments of your most recent a cappella performance with the Kokosingers. And I remember thinking to myself how great it was that although what we do is relatively different in terms of comedy and musical performance, how great it is that we can inspire one another, draw energy from one another's performances. And so I'd really love to know why you think that's possible or what you've drawn from performances or other art forms that aren't music. Well, I'm glad you asked that. A lot of black culture is focused around emotion and genuity and one's ability to put themselves in whatever artistic piece they're creating. It goes back to tribal days back in Africa where people were simply making dances and making beats and rhythms up because that is what they felt in the moment. It was, it's what made them happy. It's what made them want to continue doing it. And obviously when slavery happened and a lot of that culture was brought into the West, a lot of that culture influenced a lot of things like music and art. So a big thing for me when I see performers is the fact that emotion is there and the ingenuity is there and that you are in the moment to perform not only for yourself, but for the people watching you. And it allows me to connect with you. Sometimes you see shows where people you can tell are too nervous, which is fine, or perhaps too worried about their own performance and what they want to do. But I felt as though when acting and performing or singing or anything, or even painting a picture, you want to express yourself in that character you're displaying, articulating whatever you're trying to do. You want to show as much of you in that because that is really how the crowd, the audience, whatever you want to call it, will connect to you because everyone has emotions and everyone drives off their emotions on some type of way in their life. So when doing it, you know, I've always believed that you should put your 100% effort, all your all into it and never hold back ever on any performance because I think that's cheating the audience while also cheating yourself from achieving greatness. So when I saw your last performance, I really caught the emotion because it was your last performance and it was so emotional for you that I was really compelled to articulate how I really felt and how I really connected with you in that moment. Because as you might've seen when the seniors were singing their senior song during our concert this past spring of 2016, I cried because it was the last time that I would ever be able to share this moment with them. And so I just felt when you performed your piece, it was like your last time to perform as well. And so I really value that. And I connected with you on that show. And as personal and private as it might sound that you cried during the senior song in your last acapella concert of that year, I always sit pretty close to the stage at acapella performances. And I remember turning to you as the seniors were singing and seeing you crying and thinking you were in many ways the bridge to the people that I know on stage. And in all sincerity, your very emotional, raw, and understandable response to their imminent departure and to what they were expressing in the song that they chose added to the performance. And that's one of my favorite things in touching back to Kenyon College, our shared alma mater, that a lot of the performances do take place in either intimate or relatively crowded spaces where it's not just about the people on stage. 
And I think this is true in a lot of settings, that the crowd, the audience, influences what's happening on stage. And I'm thrilled that you bring up emotion because I imagine that many people listening or many people out there who are creative or who take pleasure in consuming creativity think that various media are separate, that musicians really have nothing to lend or very little to lend actors, that writers wouldn't really be able to appreciate photography, that painters and filmmakers might not have that much in common. But I think what you're describing in the emotional value in linking it to black culture, but even in performance in general, that emotions substantiate a deeper human connection. We all share them and to a degree might feel them differently, but can definitely all appreciate tears, smiles, anger, numbness, any number of the varied and minute emotions that we feel. Do you agree that there is a shared emotion between performers? And is that what allows for cross artistic inspiration? I think for me personally, emotion is what enables me to connect with different artists. A performance can touch people in a lot of different ways. When a person performs, whatever their piece is, some see it as a great piece for themselves because they made something that a lot of people are seeing. But some people, like myself, really feel as though I haven't achieved what I've achieved unless the audience reaches out to me metaphorically. It doesn't have to be a, a reach of my hands or a scream my name or anything like that. Just the fact that they appreciated what I was trying to articulate and what I was trying to perform to them and deliver to them to feel some type of way, if they have that emotion, then that's when I know that I've won. But for other artists and other people, like in the audience, some people just enjoy a show and connect with the fact that it's a show and appreciate the show in general. Every performer, I think, wants the ability to connect with their audience without directly doing so as dialogue or a face-to-face interaction. Every performer, I would say, whenever they create, their overall goal, I would say, is to have the audience value what they have done and see what they have done is worth something, whether that means just for them personally to just never forget it or for them to buy it. But if you really, truly love art, then you are doing it for yourself, yes, but you are also doing it for the fact that you want to have others enjoy what you are sharing. To take a brief detour from cross-artistic inspiration, maybe between or among individuals, I think there's something to be said for people who are well-rounded in their artistic or creative pursuits. For example, I've dabbled a little bit in photography and Photoshop, as well as a degree of writing, whether that's poetry or prose, and of course, in comedic or sometimes dramatic performance. None of which I think I really excel at, but I do think that each gives me a basis of different forms of expression. And so within myself, I have minute or occasionally more fleshed out experiences in different mediums, in different types of performance and expression. And a year ago, you were in a theatrical piece at our college. And of course, I've known you particularly well for your singing performances, but I'd love to know if that informed the way that you sing, the way that you perform on stage as a musician when you had two performing roles during that spring semester. Well, I guess I should start with my father passed away November 15th, 2015, towards the end of my first semester junior year. And I chose to do Free Man of Color because Professor Teswell asked me, he needed some black actors. I honestly didn't think I was going to get the lead role. I'm blessed to have and grateful to have gotten it. But I did it because I did musicals in middle school. And that was always fun to me. But I couldn't stay with that because I felt as though my athletic abilities could help me get into a great college such as Kenyon College. I had to play sports and put away the acting side 
in order to achieve future goals of mine. And I still stuck with acapella in high school. And that was my only music thing. That was the only artistic thing. And then so when I came to Kenyon and my father died, I wanted something. I feel like I was missing something in my life that obviously, you know, it was him, but I wanted to make myself happy again. And I remember like, what is something on this campus that would make me happy that I'm not already a part of? And Free Man of Color was just like right place, right time for me in my life. And so during that process, a lot of nostalgia came back for me and reminded me of my musical days. It just made me feel as though I was back at a home place for me when I was happy and everything was kind of easy in my life in middle school, you know? And as the performance came along closer and closer to the date, I really felt as though my father was coming with me through it all. Like he was in my heart, empowering me to perform well. And there's a lot of things in that play, a lot of lines that weren't written that I added in order to honor him, in order to drive my emotion of how I truly felt from his death and really helped me establish the message of the play. So towards the end, a line I say is, I remember the time when I had my maps, when I wrote my play, and it ends with when Louisiana meant paradise. And I added in when I lost my father, because my character also in the show happened to lose his father who he was close with. And that was my emotional connector piece in the play, which enabled me to perform that piece the way I did. And that's what really helped me drive the tears and the emotion that I wanted the crowd to feel. That performance for me helped me understand that I have an ability to have people connect with me on what I really want to show and express. So this play made me see that I can perform. And when I do perform, I should not do it for myself, but rather do it for the audience also. I used to always perform and worry about being the best soloist, the best this. I always want to be on top. I'm a very competitive person by nature. But this play really showed me that the show isn't always about me. Even though I was the lead, a lot of people depended on me to do my part well so they could do their part well and feed off of one another. And being the lead helped me see that I had a lot of responsibilities. And then when the show came around, I really wanted the people to see all the hard work that I put in for so many months. I think my dad helped me break down my shell. I'm a very spiritual person. I'm religious. I'm a Baptist. And I believe in heaven. I believe in fate. I believe in having faith in God. I believe there's a plan. I believe that's always people that leave you, but they're still with you in your heart and in your soul. And I think when I have had to perform in front of audiences, I think my father, these past two performances has been with me. Absolutely. Because I see it in the videos that I'm a way different performer than I was when I sang Gravity back in 2015 spring concert. I think it's just a maturity issue, but I think my father really helped me grow a lot. And even though he wasn't even in the arts, he was a great football player, a great athlete. But he, because of his death, helped me connect with my emotions more and break down to a more sensitive side of me, which helped in turn my performance. So yes, I do think A Free Man of Color has helped me become more connected with the audience. I feel more confident now when I go up on stage and I feel like maybe it's because it's Kenyan and I know everyone. But it's a scary thing, you know? And I think when I'm just doing it for the goal to be happy for myself, which in turn means making the audience happy, I think that is like a great motivator for me to perform well. And I really appreciate a lot of what you've just said, but especially in talking about the reciprocity, linking you and the audience together over and over again, I think what's most prominent there for me is not only that emotion can link performers and audiences in a cognitive sense, but also that we in many ways surrender ourselves to these performative emotions, that the end goal is not tied to an identity or a face or personal gratification. And so I'm really happy that you mention, though you were the lead in Free Man of Color, 
that it was about collaboration ultimately, which made the performance what it was. And I think that's one of the best things about artistic inspiration that I've seen you sing, I've seen the acapella group you are a part of sing, but even on a third tier there, the essence of the group, as it shifts every year, has continued to inspire me. And while we've talked about emotion, I'm also always vividly aware of the energy on stage, because you and the other Kokosingers are very close with one another, and although I've never been a part of the group, nor do I sing, there is absolutely palpable enthusiasm that just pours off the stage because you guys are having such a great time being up there. And I think a lot of people go to performances for mastery of a craft, but what I've always loved in performances, what I've always drawn in inspiration from performances, is not necessarily mastery of a craft, but mastery of human vivaciousness and that desire to be alive, to be on stage, to be present, both for the performance and the audience, but also for yourselves. And that's something that I've drawn from every performance of yours that I've seen. Going back to the idea of cross-artistic inspiration, a mutual friend of ours, Polly Daniel, was speaking with me a little bit before we recorded this conversation, and he thinks that you are rarely inspired by your own medium, whether it's improv or singing or various other things that you associate with your type of performance, because, he says, it can dwell too close to potential imitation if you're only inspired by that medium. Perhaps a singer borrows a riff or a certain melody from songs that have inspired them. Perhaps poets borrow certain phrases or words. Do you think that that is a risk when someone does not necessarily inspire themselves across art forms? I can't speak on all artists. I really can't speak on how they feel or what inspires them. I would say it is typical that most artists are inspired by an artist, a popular artist, a celebrity, if you would say, that is doing the same things that they want to do. That's how they connect to the person during their heart in a higher light. And sometimes people feel as those people are their voice box. Like for me, if I could choose to be one rapper in the game or one artist in the game, I want to be Drake. He's very sensitive and I think genuine in his feelings towards women that he has affairs with. He sings from his heart, and that's what I really value, the emotion that he's displaying when he sings songs. And he also just has catchy beats and catchy lyrics, and he's just a cool, fun-loving guy. You see him on stage, you can't help but a smile or laugh at what he's doing. He's just such a charismatic person, and, and that's what I aspire to be like. He does similar music to me. He sings R&B sometimes, he also raps. You know, he inspires me because I connect with him because he's, he's someone that I want to be. I don't think it's a risk necessarily, as long as you have an inspiration that is driving you towards your overall goal that's adequate. It is very beautiful to be inspired by different art forms, but I can't say that everyone necessarily does it. In a way, if you only are inspired by your own art form, you maybe are closed off to expressing the emotion that I was talking about before. Honestly, like acting in that play of free man and acting so silly and goofy allowed me to act goofy and silly while I'm performing and connect with the audience even more. So I'm inspired by the way that actors are able to break down their guards and play the part. You see Coco Singer concerts, which is the acapella group, all American acapella group that I'm associated with. You go on YouTube and you see their concerts. Some of them are stiff out of nervousness. Some of them are just singing the song because that's just not the type of person they are. They just want to sing the song and display their message that way. If you look at some of my videos, I'm very emotional. I'm dancing. I'm trying to make the audience laugh, connect with me, but also love what I'm saying to them and understand the lyrics that I'm saying to them. I would say every song that I've sang has had a message behind it. There's a reason I've chosen every song. And if you listen to the lyrics and how I'm singing them, 
you might be able to catch why I'm singing what I'm singing and why I chose that song. But back to your question, I will say that I think it is not a risk. I think one should always be inspired by people who are similar to them. But I do think that it would maybe help their inspiration and growth as an artist to try and be inspired by people who do different art forms. So I guess I would like to know what exactly inspired you personally about my performance in a way that you needed to voice your opinions to me. Well, I might bear the risk of repeating myself and to both the audience and you, I apologize if that's the case. I'll try and express this in a new way. But you so evidently feel really profoundly when you are up on stage. And I believe that as people, whether it's a cultural thing or a generational thing, we are a bit detached from our emotions, especially men aren't really encouraged to feel very deeply. And while I don't necessarily try to think of you in a gendered way, I'm always aware when you are feeling something, and not only when you are, but that you are truly feeling it. Because many of us try and fake smiles or act as though we're enthused in a conversation that we genuinely want to be there. And in a really surreal sense, I've always felt when I see you perform, not only that you want to be there, but that you belong there. You couldn't be in any other location doing any other activity for that hour, for that period of time. And I think really what all of us are looking for is a sense of belonging. And so I feel touched to observe someone, and of course many of you on stage, who give off this strong aura of being in the right place, of belonging, of really connecting with the emotion of the crowd, with your own emotions. And I think a part of it, especially as it relates to musical performance, is that there is something so otherworldly that we can't always articulate or describe what it is about music that stirs us in such an emotional way. But you demonstrate such passion for what you're singing, for what you're saying, for the message. And as with many episodes of this podcast, we will include some links to those videos so that listeners who have never been to Kenyan and have never heard of you can see what I'm talking about. But I always enjoy those performances, and it's also nice to know the person behind the singing and to get to talk to you outside of concerts, which ultimately adds to my enjoyment of your performances, because I know a little bit more about your story. I really feel as though if you're going to do something, I mean this in the most literal way, like with your friendships, with your relationships with the opposite sex or the same sex, with your parents, with your homework, with The most miscellaneous things, you have to always do it with 100% who you are. I have friends who, we all have insecurities, but some of their insecurities really break them down inside and really make them feel like they're alone in this world and they don't have an outlet and that they are not as great as other people see them to be. And I've always, because of the way I was raised with pretty much a single parent mother, my father, he was my stepfather. He basically filled the role as my father for 15 years of my life, but my mother has always been my rock. I'm a mama's boy to the day I die. And she's really taught me to really embrace who I am as a black man and embrace the role that I have to take on in this world and the challenges that I'm going to have to accept. And that the only way that I can overcome those challenges is by being myself, being bold, being powerful, being like confident in who I am and what I love to do and that no one can tell me what I really care about, what I really connect with. No one can really, don't let anyone break your spirit. She's always said to me, don't let anyone break your spirit. That has given me so much confidence. Like I was always that kid who was very weird growing up. You know, I did musicals and I played football and I played basketball and track, but I also sang acapella. I listened to like angsty rock bands in middle school along with hip hop and R&B, but I listened to those songs because the melodies and the emotion struck me. 
And my mom has just really taught me how to be comfortable in my own skin. And so I just believe that being comfortable in your own skin is so powerful. You have to really understand that like you have a gift. Everyone has a gift. You got to find it out. You got to discover it. And you got to listen to those who care about you because that's how they're going to get your gift to shine. And so I just wanted to say that to listeners out there, it's really important for you to love yourself and know that you are just as good as anyone else in this world if you believe yourself to be. And it's all a mental thing. If you believe that you can do it, then you can achieve it. You know, my mom used to also say, if you believe you can achieve. So if you're ever going to do anything, be honest, be genuine and be respectful. And don't be afraid to speak your mind, whether you're male or female, black or white. You should just really be comfortable in your own skin and be able to speak your mind while in the same respect, being respectful to others and understanding that people also have feelings. But just be comfortable in your own skin. I absolutely agree. And I think really at the core of what we're discussing here isn't really about art. It's about human expression, human being in the sense of the verb to be. And I love everything you've mentioned about being authentic, being yourself, because really the best artists I feel in any industry are those who have not only mastered a craft, but who are fundamentally 100% and permanently themselves. And they will grow and develop and change, but they will never stray from what it is that makes them unique. And I'm sure there are many cynics out there who would say that all of this sounds like an after-school special, but I can attest to the fact that the person sitting with me right now has performed in astounding ways. And I really do think it's because you have an understanding of yourself that allows you to be characters on stage, that allows you to sing with passion that other people might not have, because passion also comes from confidence that your feelings are worth feeling truly and emphatically. And as a final point of discussion, I would say in many ways, one art that I contribute to is this podcast. It may not appeal to people as traditional art does. It may not make people feel as strongly as certain art forms do, but it's always been conversational. And I would really love to know in the sense that you and I can inspire one another with other performative arts, if you think that people can also be inspired in conversational art, whether it's recorded like this or in a classroom on the street, etc., do you think that people could do more to draw inspiration from how those around them speak? Well, I'm going to say this. All it really takes is a heart and an ear and a mouth. If you're willing to listen and you're willing to connect with that person on what they're saying, and sometimes don't listen to how they're saying it, but what they're saying. I learned that in football. Don't listen to how I'm saying it to you. There's a thing called tough love that I strongly believed in. My mother, that's how she raised me was tough love. And I really am a big philosopher in respect, which has in turn made me be so respectful in how I articulate myself and what I really want to say to someone. But there are people out there who don't care about that and are going to say things to you because they want what's best for you. And they're not going to care about how it sounds. They're saying the pure emotional, raw thing that they're thinking. I respect that. But some people don't. Conversation and dialogue in itself is an art form. The ability to connect with another person and say things that may or may not offend them, to say things that will inspire them and say things that will have them connect with you, that is an art. People call that the gift of gab. I think you, Kip, have the gift of gab. I've called you Socrates many a time. And I truly believe that you are like him. You're able to talk to anyone like we're doing now about anything and display raw emotion and just be yourself. And you're not a person who is easily pressured to do anything you don't want to do. Those characteristics of a person are very admirable to me because I try to have that in myself. And so I would say people should have a heart, an ear, and a mouth. The mouth enables one to talk to one another. 
The ear allows one to hear the words which are being said. And the heart is distinguishing how to react to those words being said to them. One has to be able to be comfortable with themselves in order to take the overall message of what is trying to be taught to them rather than get all boiled up in how it's being said, but really what is being said. I think people should work on talking to one another. I think it's an art that everyone on earth can do. And I think that is how possibly every person is artistic in their own type of way. Even when that comes to speaking to some different people, some have accents, which make their words sound beautiful, more beautiful to other ears than others, depending where you're from. But um, life is art, I think. And it's all about how you are going to paint your picture, how you're going to display your show, the type of character you're going to be. I absolutely agree. And I thoroughly appreciate your kind descriptions of me. And I really have come to feel that conversation is an art, not only in the tone that you take, but also what you say, even how you listen to other people, whether you're making eye contact, looking away, when you smile, when you nod. It is a dance, for lack of a better term. And I've really enjoyed in the various people that I've spoken with throughout my life, learning how to perform that dance, not necessarily more eloquently, but in more varied ways. You will have all types of conversations throughout your life. And I agree with you, not only that conversation is an art, but especially your point that everyone is therefore a conversational artist. And I think that one of the great things about art is the empathy that it generates. And I truly believe that if nothing else, conversation could save the world. Because if people were listening and talking, and as you've said, not only listening and talking with ear and mouth, but feeling what was said, then I think we'd all be a lot better off as people. I think there would be far more connection, far more, as we've said, cross-artistic inspiration, and therefore more vibrant lives, more vibrant art forms, whether it's conversation, music, or drama. Before we close this episode, what would you like the audience to think about after listening to this discussion? The one main thing that you should take away from this discussion is to be comfortable in your own skin. You can't connect with others, truly. You can't emotionally connect with them until you connect with yourself. And being comfortable in your own skin is so important because that is really how the world will grow and how we will progress as a nation. By being comfortable in your own skin, that'll leave you without questioning anything. That'll leave you without having doubt in your relationships. That'll leave you to be a better person all in all because by showing your true colors, no one has any choice but to accept you for who you are. So don't try to play an act. Don't try to play a role. Don't try to do something that's not a part of what you are. If you don't think something is right, then don't do that. If you know you're in a relationship and you aren't necessarily being the most upfront, honest, or genuine person, then you have to realize that you're being unfair in that relationship. And when it even comes to art or you trying to take on your passions, don't be afraid to walk through that door and take on that passion one-on-one. Everything in life is a challenge, but by being yourself, that is your best aid through that. That is how you connect with different individuals that are nothing like yourself. And that's how you truly grow into a great person. Don't be afraid to walk through the door of greatness because someone else is making you think that you can't. And I would challenge the audience, whether they believe themselves to be artists or not, to engage with various forms of human expression. If you are a dancer, take some time to really appreciate what singers can bring to the table and what authors and poets can do that you might not always consider, because I do believe thoroughly in cross-artistic inspiration as one of the best parts about being human. 
But even there, on a fundamental level, as Jabri and I have stated various times, how essential it is for both art and life, which are potentially the same thing, to be genuine, to feel things authentically, to pursue the paths and personalities that you believe in and that you fundamentally are, and to not hold back in that. And Jabri, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on and discussing this today. Thank you, Kip. I wish the best to you all. But as ever, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Ours are only two voices, and we would genuinely love to hear from you. So if you have any thoughts, opinions, feelings, or input of any kind, please reach out to us. You can connect with us via Twitter or Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to as well as reviewing the show and sharing it with someone that you think might also enjoy it. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.